1: One guest on the show today, Drake Mays High School football coach, will be with me in the next segment. Scott Chadwick, Coach Drake May at Myers High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Scott is a lifelong Skins fan as well. I've already recorded this interview with Scott. He's got some really good insight on Drake May. Has some thoughts on Sam Howell as well, somebody he's known for a long time. Uh, also, so Scott Chadwick, uh, Drake Mays high school football coach in the next segment. Win Donation is the presenting sponsor of this show. Call them at 866-90-NATION or head to windonation.com. Mention my name and you'll get a free in-home estimate. So there's this house vote going on right now on the RFK site plan, which would create a path to open up negotiations for a new stadium on this site, I think it's going to pass. If there's news on this before I finish recording the podcast, I'll have it at the end of the show in the final segment. If not, I'll have it tomorrow with Tommy. Now, when you hear the news, if the news is good news, uh, understand that it doesn't mean that the stadium is going to be built at RFK. It's just that as of now, the city can't even really discuss RFK with the team because they don't have control of the property without an amended lease from the federal government. So that's what we're waiting on. It's kind of complicated, not really, Um, but if you hear that news, that's a hurdle that's been cleared towards getting the team back into D.C., Uh, but certainly isn't the final hurdle to be cleared, but a big one. Uh, It's easier to understand, actually, uh, the news that broke this morning. FedEx Field in Landover is no longer FedEx Field in Landover. Uh, Federal Express ended its naming rights with the team two years prior to the end of the agreement. They were allowed to do that because the team was sold. Uh... It's, you know, a bit of a blow to the team is my guess because of the timing they had until the end of 2023, and apparently they, uh, you know, waited until the very end of 2023 to notify the team that they were going to exercise this uh, out clause in the naming rights agreement. So it leaves, you know, not a lot of time for uh, new ownership and the new team out there to find a new name, uh, a new Uh, sponsor. Uh, They'll be hustling to put something together in time for next season, but no longer FedEx Field. I wonder what they'll call the stadium if they're unable to get a naming rights deal done before the 2024 season begins. Uh, They've got other events too at the stadium between now and the first preseason game in August. Would they revert to Jack Kent Cook Stadium? Uh, There are only two stadiums in the NFL. Well, three now uh, with Landover included. But Lambeau and Soldier Field, uh, Green Bay and Chicago, don't have naming rights sponsors for their stadiums. Uh, We'll see. So I wanted to get to um, a few things here in the open before we get to Drake Mays, high school football coach. And I wanted to start with this. This was Ian Rappaport. Uh, Late yesterday at the Indy Combine, talking about Chicago and what he thinks they'll do at number one. And then contemplating the possibilities for Washington at number two and New England at number three. Uh, Listen to this.
2: Yeah, it certainly does seem, I would say, likely that the Bears stay at number one, select Caleb Williams, move on from there with their franchise quarterback, then end up dealing Justin Fields at some point. But that is not the only big-time potential quarterback question. Two and three, which is the Commanders and the Patriots, both are potential trade spots. And look... Could they take a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. You have Drake May there. You have Jayden Daniels. Both of these guys viewed as long-term franchise-altering starting quarterbacks. That's not really the question. The question is, do the commanders and do the Patriots, kind of in a similar boat, do they feel they are a quarterback away? Do they feel like this is a franchise guy they absolutely have to take and they build around him for the next 10 years? Or would they rather have the draft capital Give the quarterback to somewhere else. Maybe it's the Giants, maybe it's the Raiders, maybe it's the Falcons. There's going to be plenty of quarterback needy teams who are going to want to come up to two or want to come up to three. Which is better value for these two teams which do not seem to be close to competing? Is it the draft picks or is it the franchise quarterback? That is the kind of decision that will stay with these organizations for the next 10 or 15 years, and that is what is in their hands right now over the next two months looking toward the draft.
1: So Ian Rappaport, in summary, is telling us all that the real question we should be asking each other is not which quarterback Washington takes at two or New England takes a three, but should they be taking a quarterback at all? Because these teams are so far away from winning. They are not one of these teams that's just a quarterback away. I think this is silly talk in 2024. Now, I'll, I'll put one caveat out there. If Adam Peters and his staff believe that Caleb Williams is the only quarterback worthy, of taking a swing, a big swing on, and they can't get to Caleb Williams because Chicago's taking them, and they think Jaden Daniels and Drake May and J.J. McCarthy and Penix Jr. and Nix, etc., all have major flaws and they have serious doubts and they don't think any of those guys are worth you know, a big swing in the draft, well then trade back with some sucker that believes one of them is. Okay, so that's, uh, if, if they really believe that, more power to them. All right. Trade back and, you know, look to take a swing in another direction, free agency trade, or you might have to wait until next year or the year after. Um, but if they believe that there's a quarterback at number two that can be the next big thing, but they decide that because they're so far away from winning and because they've got a roster filled with holes, they're going to take the path of filling those holes first and then coming back to get the quarterback later once they have a plug-and-play roster. That would be disappointing to me. That would be a head-scratcher for me. First of all, this path to sustained year-after-year contention, the path of we're going to build up the roster, then go get the quarterback, when has it ever worked? It doesn't work. San Francisco is the outlier in modern football. And they're the outlier because Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind and coach. And yet, by the way, they still haven't won at all. I mean, I take their results, don't get me wrong. But seriously, when has this approach of we're going to build up the roster and then go get the quarterback in recent times produced a year-in, year-out Super Bowl contender. Philly had some good years and has had some good years. True. You know, Nick Foles was a quarterback for their winning Super Bowl over New England. I'll give you that Howie Roseman has done a very good job keeping the Eagles consistently good. But not consistently great, consistently good. Even Roseman knows how important quarterback is. They didn't have a good team. And they traded up for Wentz in 2016, in a big trade. They kept swinging when they started to have questions about Wentz by using a second-rounder on Hurts. For too many years, we've seen so many examples of good roster plus a not-good-enough quarterback equals an average-at-best team. More times than not, like 95% of the time. Last 10 years, multiple Pittsburgh teams recently Really good roster, not good enough cor- at quarterback. Uh, multiple Jet teams, multiple Tennessee teams, multiple Houston Texan teams before Watson and now before Stroud. The Chiefs before Mahomes. The Bucks before Brady. The Rams before Stafford. I know Goff took him to a Super Bowl. There's no quarterback tree to go to when you've got a roster that is a QB away from sustained con- con- contention. It's just silly talk. We've been through this. Many of you have pushed back when we've talked on this show about swinging big in the past. And some of you are doing it again. You are sitting there nodding your head when Ian Rappaport is saying, hey, the the question here is, should you even take a quarterback? Look at your roster. We haven't landed a big-time game-changing quarterback here. So who knows how it would have worked out had they gotten Stafford or had they gotten um, – you know, Russell Wilson probably wouldn't have worked out. Understood. Uh, but if they had swung big for Watson or Rodgers, we don't know how it would have worked out because they've never landed the big-time game-changing quarterback. But we know this. It couldn't have been worse than it's been without one. No. No. Go get the quarterback, then build around the quarterback, especially when you have control over getting the quarterback. You're not always in this position, number two overall pick, in what appears to be a pretty good quarterback draft at the top. This is a unique opportunity that you may not have again. Don't pass on it for this idea of we're not good enough. We're not a quarterback away. You're always a quarterback away if you don't have one. Because if your roster is bad, you're a quarterback away from being average. If your roster is decent, you're a quarterback away from being good. If your roster is good, you're a quarterback, I'm talking about a big-time quarterback, away from being great. And by the way, they can improve the roster in a major way this offseason and still pick a quarterback at number two. They have that ability. Anyway, um, rate us and review us if you get an opportunity, especially on Apple and Spotify. So many of you have done it. It's a big help. If you haven't done it and you can spare a moment uh, to give us up to five stars, that's the preferred Uh, Rating uh, because that drives our rating number higher, which helps us a lot. And a quick one to two sentence review on Apple is helpful. Uh, Subscribing to the podcast wherever you can do that and following us on Apple and Spotify, uh, a tremendous help also. Uh, This I got from Jeff. Jeff wrote, Kevin, this is the week where we start to hear about the other stuff. Uh, His email was titled, The Other Stuff. Uh, The Other Stuff meaning, Are the quarterbacks smart? Are they good locker room guys, leaders, workers? This is also a great start for us to evaluate the evaluators. If they get it wrong on the person, then nothing has really changed. That was the major problem for Snyder, Allen, and all of the other idiots that were here previously. This pick allows us an immediate answer on Adam Peters and his staff's ability to get the other stuff Right. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for that. I don't know if it's an immediate answer, but it's a really good point. I know Tommy and I have talked a little bit about this, but Jeff, you crystallized it for me. Because first of all, you're right. You know the 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 the, the last twenty five years. There, I mean, the list of things that they did wrong um, are forever. But uh, one of the roster construction flaws they had was they just didn't do the right kind of due diligence or enough due diligence on the type of character they were getting. And that, you know, we saw come to fruition so many different times in terms of their inability to get it right on the character. You know, RG3 was the number two pick in the draft, real good talent, not hard to identify the talent, uh, but He was rather self-absorbed, and there was a maturity issue. Chase Young had some maturity issues here. Hopefully he'll get those things rectified and have a great career. Number two overall pick. You know, this should have been identified. Um, Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul. Now, we know that this was a Dan pick, but it doesn't matter. Organizationally, they got it wrong because Dwayne just wasn't mature enough at that point uh, in his career. You know, Darius Geis, my God, there were red flags all over him. Sua Craven's the same thing. Josh Doxon, he didn't love football. Uh, You gotta get it right on the people. Now this is something Adam Peters and Dan Quinn have emphasized a lot here in the last few days. You know, Peters talked yesterday about how important it is to get the person right, especially at quarterback. And so I, I feel comfortable that this is a top priority for them. But to your point, Jeff, if this were a team that, let's just say, finished 7-10 and 10 or 8-9 and nine, and had the 14th or 15th pick or 12th pick or whatever uh, in the first round um, and didn't have the number two overall pick, and let's just say they didn't have as much cap space, then really the only immediate answer, and it wouldn't even be immediate, uh, but would be the decision on Dan Quinn. We get to see the number two pick, more likely than not a quarterback, on display every day uh, for the next year or two, and we will have a good feel for the kind of person they drafted. It may not be right in terms of the player. In fact, the chances are they won't get it right there, but you still got to take the swing. But the point being – You know, it didn't take long before there were whispers about some of these picks that they've made in recent years and how they had gotten the, you know, personal profile uh, wrong, badly uh, wrong. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Adam Peters, I mean, he had this clean slate, but the clean slate with this super high pick and all of this cap space – and the need to hire a coach means that we're going, we're going to be able to evaluate him faster than if it was, you know, come in and you don't... It's a rebuild, but you don't have a lot at your disposal to aid, you know, the staff in the rebuild, you know, to aid Adam Peters in the rebuild. He's got a lot of ammo for this rebuild. All right, uh, up next... Drake Mays High School coach, Scott Chadwick, right after these words from a few
0: of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: This segment of the show brought to you by Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION or visit WindowNation.com and do it quickly because the deal that they are offering right now expires at the end of the month, which is another day and a half or so. That offer is 50% off on all Window styles with no money down, no interest, and no payments for two years. Plus, you mention my name, you'll get an additional 10% off through the end of this month. They've got the quality, they've got the service, they've got the deal right now. Don't miss out. Call them at 86690nation or visit windownation.com. Jumping on with us right now is Scott Chadwick. Scott was Drake May's high school football coach at Myers Park High in Charlotte, North Carolina. So the perspective of Drake May's high school football coach coming up. But Scott's a lifelong football guy. And by the way, a lifelong fan of our Washington team. He grew up in the state of Maryland, has coached uh, for many, many years. Uh, By the way, was with Mike Loxley for two years in 2021 and 2022 as the director of recruiting uh, at Maryland, Uh, but is back in high school right now as a head coach at Clayton High School, which is 20 miles south of Raleigh in North Carolina but we have Scott on to talk about Drake May and we'll go back and find out you know when you realized he was going to be a big time quarterback and some of the high school stories and some of your thoughts about Drake May at Carolina et cetera. Um, but I wanted to start with just kind of where you are right now on Drake May obviously a big fan and a friend um, but what kind of professional quarterback do you think he'll be?
3: I think he'll be a great professional player. Um in and, and uh, obviously people think, you know, I've got a biased opinion of it, but um I I've been around the kid enough and know about his makeup, know about his work ethic, um and certainly know about his talent. And um yeah, you know, I think he's got the perfect skill set um that will translate to the NFL and again, like you said, I was around, you know, power five football and around guys that are in the nfl so i mean i have a bit of an idea of what it looks like and uh you know i I think you know i think he's going to have a a very very good nfl career
1: does he have a comp for you
3: yeah you know i I don't i don't want to repeat everything everybody else says but you know i I definitely think the justin herbert comp is, is pretty accurate um you know big guys with you know strong arms that are a little bit more athletic, I think, than, than people think. I think, you know, both of them, you know, get kind of pigeonholed into just being the, you know, the big guys with the strong arm. But, you know, Drake especially is, you know, is, is a pretty athletic guy.
1: All right, so now let's go backwards a little bit. After getting your headline, which is you think he will be a great pro, and you think Justin Herbert's the comp, which is is a comp that's been used by a lot of people. So when yeah, nothing did, unique, nothing unique there. No, it's all right. What did you? When did you realize when you got him that you had a big time, a big time, you know, Division One quarterback and maybe more?
3: Uh, really, honestly, one of the first couple of times I saw him. Um, so Josh McCown, who uh, actually just was named the Vikings quarterback coach Josh and I ran a quarterback training group there in Charlotte and um, Drake you know came to our our training session uh, after his freshman year and literally maybe the first or second time we saw him throw Josh and I were both like man this this kid's different and uh, I was just fortunate enough that in the time that you know he was there in our training group that I built enough of a relationship with him and worked well enough with him that his dad decided to to move him into our district so he could could play for me at Myers Park. So honestly like I said it wasn't it didn't take long to realize that you know this kid had a really really special set of skills and also at that time knowing what the family situation was knowing the pedigree you know what his brothers and his dad had done um, you know you knew he'd also been brought up uh, to play that position too.
1: Um you mentioned Josh McCown and I did see that he just got hired by the Vikings to be the quarterback coach there. What what were you doing with him? I remember McCown had one of these quarterback academies or something like that. You know, he was he's he was in the NFL not that long ago playing um, as a ba- as a backup. Tell me about what you did with him and the quarterbacks that came through.
3: Yeah, so Josh and I had kind of an interesting relationship. I was at a previous school to Myers Park, um just outside of Charlotte where Josh actually lived because he he played with the Panthers yep. and was out of the league for a little bit and started coaching with me. Um and then, you know, kind of got back in the league and when his sons were old enough to be high school kids, he moved them into Myers Park so they could play for me. And then Josh was, you know, him and I trained quarterbacks together in the off season. And then he was he was going to retire, and uh was basically there with with Drake um and I most of the time that Drake was with us twenty nineteen was kind of unique in that uh the Eagles kind of grabbed Josh in the middle of the summer and brought him back up there right but they allow they allowed him to fly home on Friday afternoons and Sundays after the game, so he was actually there with us every Friday night and was there on Mondays when we installed so um, you know, Josh basically, you know, was a big part of his development there at Myers Park. Um, and so, you know, Josh was around a lot. Um, it was just kind of weird. He did a lot of coaching, high school coaching while he was still playing in the NFL, and then when COVID hit, he picked up and moved his kids back to Texas so they could
1: play. I I remember that year when uh he backed up Carson Wentz in the postseason for the Eagles. And in fact, I may be wrong about this. Um, he actually played pretty well in the game, and because you're a skins fan, it's why I'm bringing it up. I think that Josh McCown was the first guy since Sonny Jergensen to complete a pass in a playoff game at 40 years of age or older. I think,
3: and I think, I, I, well, it was it was complete your first uh, ever. Playoff pass at, over the
1: age of forty. Oh, was that it? I'm the, maybe that's what yeah, I'm remembering. Yep. Okay, well that's different yeah, so that because was, yeah, that's different because I guess there probably have been some forty plus year old guys. I, I'm trying to right. think of any off the top of my head that that that. I completed mean Brady, Brady,
3: probably did it. Oh Brady, 40 of course, of course. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, but, okay. But, so, but
3: that was they were the first ones to complete their first ever playoff.
1: Past over the age of 40. That's (laughs) what I remember. And of course, Brady would be the easy answer to that. Um, uh, Yeah. So, all right. So tell me about Drake May, the person. Uh, You mentioned, you know, high character, the whole thing, but, you know, what will an NFL team be getting in Drake May, the person, which is such a big part of the evaluation?
3: No question. And when I've talked to a lot of these you know, front office people that have called to, to talk to me about him. You know, uh, if you see his interviews, if you see the public person, you know, this kind of all shucks, golly gee kind of guy, that is Drake. So everything that's, that you see in the interviews, everything that you, you know, you see, that, that's who he is. He is one of the most respectful, um, you know, high integrity, high character kids, I heard his interview with Adam Schefter the other day, and he's like, "Look, I'm not going to stop being the guy that says yes sir, no sir, and you because know, that's that's just who I am." And so he, he is a kid that has tremendous character, very conscious of, you know, his, his public image, um, and that's you know, something that's come from his family. But you know, I tell people all the time that is exactly who he is. But don't mistake that for someone who an extremely competitive. Um, you know, he's a guy that has a, an incredible um, competitive desire. You know, it probably comes from being the youngest of four, you know, four brothers who were all great athletes. Um, but this kid is extremely driven, takes a tremendous amount of pride in what he does. Um, his, his work and his body of work means a tremendous amount to him. Um, but, again, as a person – He'll never do anything to compromise his integrity. And it's why I've told some of these teams that, like, if you're looking for a guy, you know, it's going to be the, you know, the quote face of your franchise. You know, I can't think of too many better people that I've been around that I think can handle that.
1: So you hear from front office people around the NFL about Drake May.
3: I have. I've, I've fielded several several phone calls and um, had a had a couple in-person interviews with some NFL teams
1: Uh, in person zoom or in person in person.
3: No, I actually had one guy from one team drove to Clayton and met with me in my office.
1: (laughs) Uh, anybody from Washington?
3: So I'm supposed to meet with them and I'm going to the combine, uh, Friday and I am supposed to, to, to meet with somebody out there on Friday.
1: Do you know who you're meeting with? Just curious.
3: I don't, to be honest with you. Um, I don't.
1: So that'll be your first conversation with somebody from Washington.
3: That will be. I had a a brief, you know, I I know Marty Herney a little bit and had a brief conversation with Marty, but that was more to probably set up this conversation um, in, in Indianapolis.
1: What do front office NFL people ask the players' high school coach? What are some of the questions you get?
3: You know, it's a lot about who he is as a person, um, the kind of character that he has, um, you know, work ethic, you know, things like, you know, how does he respond to adversity? What kind of leader is he? What is his leadership style? Um, you know, not a, not a lot about, you know, his skill. I mean, everybody can see, you know, his skill. That's 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 why they're asking me these other questions. Um, but I, I would say it's more. Just more about the kind of person he is, work ethic. You know, how does he? How is he around his teammates? Um, you know, I've you had some some of the teams have asked me. You know, he's kind of a, a bit of a small town Carolina guy. How's he going to handle living in the big city? And you know, my response is, look, you know, do you have a Chick fil A? And you know, <laughs> can he go home and play some big? Can he go home and play some video games at night? You know, he's he's not good. Listen, he's he's not worried about your club scene. I can tell you that.
1: Um, so, did you hear from Chicago and New England, the the two teams that have the picks around Washington?
3: I did. I have I have heard from both of them. Yep.
1: Um, what is his leadership style? You
3: know, he he's he's what I call an encourager. You know, he's the guy that's going to go, you know, around to his teammates and pat them on the back, and you know take care of them you know we used to, to kind of joke when when 2019 at Myers Park his junior year we were really we were really good and my son my middle son was kind of our analyst and did a lot of our stat work and people would always see Drake talking to him at halftime and they'd always think why is Drake checking his stats and I'm like and my son would be like he's not checking his stats he's trying to see how many balls each of the receivers had caught because he's trying to keep, he's trying to keep people happy, and that's just kind of who he is. You know, he wants people around him to have a great experience. You know, he wants to play well because he wants to win, so that other people get the the feeling of being on a great team. Um, you know, like I said, he's he's the first guy to pat you on the back. He's not a big, um, not the kind of guy that really gets on people. Um, you know, he he's more willing to. You know, kind of encourage him to be better than he is. To yell at him to get better. Um, just not really, kind of in his nature to be a, you know, you know, the, maybe the the Philip Rivers kind of leader. Um, you know, he's more of a. Uh, like I said, he's just more of an encourager and and wants wants his teammates to to be their best.
1: Um. Real quickly, before I forget. Were you at Maryland? You didn't recruit Caleb Williams, did you? You weren't part of the group that recruited him? That was the year before?
3: No. no, Yeah, he was already in college when I got to Maryland. Okay, that's what I thought. um,
1: Um, So uh, let's talk about his physical traits. You know, he's obviously big. He's strong. He can make all the throws. What do you think he does at a very high level from an NFL standpoint, and what do you think he needs to work on and improve on?
3: I I think – You know, the biggest thing, again, the arm strength, Um, he has uh, tremendous arm strength. I think his ability to create time in the pocket, uh, he has uh, very good pocket mobility. You know, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson and run for, you know, 100 yards a game. But, you know, he has that Aaron Rodgers ability to, you know, to make people miss in the pocket, create time, and still... You know, keep his eyes downfield and be able to make plays um, while he's moving around. Um, you know, I would say that uh, the, the things he's probably got to work on most just his footwork, probably a little more consistency in his footwork. Um, and then I think you know, at the NFL level, the one thing he's going to have to really kind of focus on is just not over trusting his arm. Um, you know, he'll, he'll make some really tight window throws at the collegiate level, that those windows probably aren't going to be there, you know, in the NFL. And uh, so I think those are kind of the things he, he's got to work on. You know, he, like I said, he's a very athletic guy. You know, I, I, I listened to, to Merrill Hodges' thing the other day, and um, I, I'll say this Merrill lost me when he said he wasn't athletic. Right. Um, that is that could not be farther from the truth. He's a very athletic kid. Um, you know, he was as a sophomore led our basketball team to the to the state quarterfinals, put him, you know, literally carried him on his back. Um, you know, I've I've played golf with him and it's
1: unfortunate
3: I have to admit that he's a much better golfer than me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Quarterbacks usually are pretty good head. golfers. Um, but he was yeah, a, he was a care. Was he a division 1 basketball talent?
3: He was. He was a guy, um you know, he I would say along the line like his offers were, were gonna be from Davidson. Actually I think he got offered by Virginia. Yeah. Um, you know, he was Davidson, Virginia, VCU, you know, that the the you know, whatever, whatever the, the group of five level of, of college basketball. Um that level.
1: Did he play uh, other so he sports? Very,
3: very very not just football and, and uh basketball. basketball. He played How- baseball. I baseball as a kid, but just football and basketball in
1: high school. How good were you guys with him each one of the years?
3: Uh, his sophomore year, we blew a 13 nothing lead in the semifinals uh, and lost. Uh,
1: Co- that, that had to be coaching, is- right?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing to do with the fact that our left tackle, who will probably be a draft pick next year, dislocated his shoulder. Um, in the second quarter, oh, right. and we couldn't protect Drake after that. Didn't have anything to do with that. Um, and his junior year, uh, he was he had his great a year. He had fifty touchdowns and two interceptions. His junior year, um, he was ridiculous. We were the number one ranked team in the state all year. I think uh, at the end of the season, we were. I think we were something like forty. Third in the ranked 43rd in the country and we went on the road and got upset uh for some reason that we were the number one ranked team in the state all year and we had to play a road playoff game in the semifinals <laughs> and got beat up got beat 38 35 um so uh we were uh 25 and three i think in his two years as a starter
1: and, and the senior year what happened his senior year
3: so we didn't have his senior year. We had COVID. Oh,
1: right, COVID. So
3: so he did not play his senior year of high school because of COVID. Like, uh, we were going to move that sp- season to the spring in North Carolina. So he early enrolled. Um, yeah, we were to, we were to the preseason ranked number one team, had a great team coming back. Uh, he was already going to play in the Under Armour game. I was going to get the coach in the Under Armour game and – all that lo- – you know, here's a here's a great little nugget for you. We were scheduled to play um, on ESPN his senior year. We were going to host uh, Trinity Christian out of Dallas, Texas. And you know who their quarterback was? Mm, no. Shador Sanders. Wow. So we would have played Shador Sanders on ESPN uh, the last weekend in August. And. Shador Sanders and his team went to Tennessee and played somebody in Tennessee instead.
1: What was the so, yeah, re- what, what was the recruitment of of Drake May like? Was he what was he yeah, a four-star, five-star, what five where was he uh in the recruiting process in in terms of his ranking? Uh,
3: so ESPN had him as the 40th player in the country and uh 7 had him in I think 26 or 27. Yeah. Um, and then Rivals had him 140th. So I could yeah. never quite figure out what the guys at Rivals were doing. But, you know, as, as Jeff Ehrman would tell you, that's why I pay attention to 24 <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll, uh, we'll 7. Yeah,
3: they know what we'll. they're doing. Uh, but now I think he was like 27th and 247. You know, his recruitment was, you know, it was interesting. But at the same time, you know, he made a pretty quick decision early. He kind of. He narrowed things down to Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. And Ohio State got a commit from Kyle McCord. So then he kind of went to Clemson and Alabama. And Clemson got a commit from uh, DJ,
1: you know, whatever. um,
3: Yeah, Yeah, DJU. And even though he was a year ahead of Drake, Drake kind of felt like he might block him a little bit. And at that time, Alabama... Didn't have anybody, so he, he committed to Alabama, was committed there for a while. And then at some point after he was committed to Alabama, Bryce Young flipped from USC to Alabama. Mm. And uh, and during that time, uh, North Carol- Mac Brown came to North Carolina, kind of changed the program around there. And he walked into my office one day and he's like, Coach, uh, I think I'm going to flip and go to North Carolina. And I was like, Okay, it doesn't matter to me. I said, That's fine. I said, But I'm not calling Coach Saban. So you're gonna to have to make that phone call.
1: And, and he did.
3: Um so <laughs> He did. Oh absolutely. He called Coach Saban and uh and I you know, I and I think to, to their credit, you know, Alabama had told him when he committed there that they weren't gonna you know, they were gonna be kinda of done recruiting quarterbacks and then they went and got, you know, Bryce Young, so I think they also took some responsibility in knowing that, hey, we didn't really, we didn't kind of do what we told this kid we were going to do. So they kind of knew it was on them a little bit as well. And, you know, I think he knew that Sam was, you know, was probably going to only be at North Carolina for three years and that he'd only have to sit one year there. Um, and then he'd have his, his opportunity. So, um, you know, and that was interesting during his recruitment. Uh, Tavita Pritchard, who's the, Quarterback coach for the Redskins. Um, excuse me, Commanders. That's all right. Um, he uh, he was at Stanford and flew all the literally hopped on a plane, flew all the way across the country to North Carolina just to see Drake and talk to Drake, and then flew back to to Stanford. So uh, T- Tavita is very familiar with with Drake. Um, recruited him, you know, out of high school. So there is a, there is a connection there. Uh, with, with, with Washington. Is there
1: any other connection that you know of with Drake and anybody at Washington well, right now? Brian Johnson, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, D- D- Blau, you mentioned Pritchard, um, Quinn, anybody?
3: I don't think so okay. other than, you know, uh, Marty Herney being in Charlotte for a number of years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Marty's, sure you know, familiar with him from, from those days. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't think so. I'd have to go back and, and look at who they've hired over the last couple of weeks that I might have missed, um, but I don't think there's any other connections other, other than Tevita.
1: Um, what kind um, of NFL offense do you think would be best for Drake May, and have you had any thoughts about Cliff Kingsbury being the OC and how that would match up with May?
3: You know, I, I think if you go back to the... the the Texas Tech kind of offense um, that, that that Kingsbury ran there, I, I think that's a, that would be a great fit for him. That kind of air raid um, kind of style. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to say this, but when you ask, you know, again about comps, you know, I, I do see a lot of you know of Patrick Mahomes in Drake. Um, you know, some of the the off platform stuff and the ability to you know make different throws from different arm angles. Um, you know, so you know that kind of an offense that that he ran there, I think is a, is a really good fit there. Not the kind of offense I think that that Kingsbury probably ran with the Cardinals, um, just because I don't think you know Drake and Kyler Murray. I don't think their skill sets are are, are the same. Um, you know, and I, I think you know Coach Kingsbury is probably smart enough that you know. He's going to design his offense around the skill set, you know, of the guys that he has. And I think if you look at what he did in Arizona and what he did at Texas Tech, those were different things. And I think a lot of that was because he had different, he had different quarterbacks with different skill sets. So if you look at what he did at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes, um, I, I think that would, be, that would be a great fit for Drake's skill set.
1: Uh, would he be comfortable under center if they decided to, you know, run something more NFL traditional for the lack of a better description and try to truly marry run and pass together?
3: Very much so. Uh, I would say probably uh, in high school we were probably about 20% under center. Um, You know, and and really – the reason we got under center so much in high school was, you know, and this was anybody that knows offense will tell you, um, one of the main reasons people go under center is because of the the it creates such great opportunities in the play action game. Right, um, and that's why we did it. You know, we did it to create those opportunities in the play action game. Um, so he, I would say, again in high school he was probably under center about twenty percent of the time, and even in North Carolina, um, particularly down in the red zone. Um, they they did a decent amount of under center stuff, so he's, you know, he's very comfortable there, and, and uh, you know that wouldn't be, I think it'd be something he'd look forward to.
1: So I wanted to get your thoughts, if you have any, on Sam Howell and how you'd answer the people that have comped Drake May and Sam Howell. Uh, That, you know, they both went to North Carolina. They both had better next-to-last years than they did their final years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Just wanted to get your thoughts kind of on Sam Howell from that perspective.
3: Well, first of all, I've known Sam since he was in middle school. I watched Sam play in middle school and – Uh, really good friends with his dad. The dad's a really good high school football coach. Um, My daughter's actually friends with Sam. Um, I I like Sam. You know, I I like Sam as a person. I like him as a competitor. Um, I was excited when he was, you know, the quarterback of of my team. You know, I I like Sam a lot. Um, And Drake and Sam are really, really close. Uh, So that is a very interesting dynamic. I, I think other than... Other than his brothers, I would say Sam might be Drake's Drake's best friend. Um, so that would be a that would be an interesting dynamic. And obviously, they were together for a year at North Carolina, so it's not like they've never you know worked together before. Um, but as far as those that say, "Well, why would you draft you know another North Carolina kid?" I think that's a that's a that's a lazy statement because yeah. it shows me you haven't done any any real research. Right. Um, you know, they're they're different quarterbacks. they they have different skill sets and they did different things. Um and Drake played for, you know, two different coordinators. He only played with Phil Longo for the, the first year. Yeah. Um they're in an entirely different offense than what Sam ran last year. Um so I mean I, I would say that people aren't doing enough research uh if they if they say that not to mention, you know, physically they are you know, completely different guys physically. Um, you know, I, I made a joke with Drake a couple weeks. Ago. I don't know if there was a picture out there of him and Sam
1: at yeah, the North Carolina the basketball dude. game. Yeah, Sam looked like yeah, a sixth grader Drake. next to him.
3: I, I, I said, "Was Sam standing in a hole?" When y'all <laughs> took this, you know, it looked, you know. So I mean, they're they're physically different. Their skill sets are different. Um, so anybody that kind of, you know, makes that comparison, and even it's even worse when they throw uh, Mitch Trubisky in there. Um, you know, as as another you know North Carolina kid that went number one, you know. So I mean, I, I again, I just think that's people that haven't done their homework. And, and look, you know, Drake's Drake's be the first one to tell you he's not without you know his faults. He, he's had some you know a couple of games there where he you know he certainly would have liked to have played better. You know, people talk about his last game at North Carolina at NC yeah. State, and, Yeah,
1: that was not you good. know
3: my my pushback on that one is, and I was there. I watched that game. You know, in person, so I saw a lot of things in person. You know, that was a situation where NC State bullied North Carolina. I mean, and you could see that in person. They physically beat him up. Um, They physically beat up the guys around Drake. Didn't give him, you know, I didn't feel like his teammates gave him any opportunity. Both the interceptions he threw hit his receivers in the hands and they dropped it. He did not play well that day. You know, he missed some things, and
1: well, they were but, they were playing a you know, good I, NC State team at that point too. Um, NC State really got better as the season went along.
3: No question, and they were just physically just tougher than North Carolina was. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't get any help. Let's put it that way.
1: Last one. Um, what did you think of Sam Howell's season? Given that you're a fan of the team and you you probably watched every game.
3: Um. You know what? Uh, up and down. You know, I thought he did some some really good things at times. Um, I thought he, you know, he competed his tail off, which is, is what you're going to get from Sam. Um, obviously, a lot of things I'm sure Sam would tell you he'd, he'd like to have back, and a lot of things he probably wishes he would process faster. Um, with that said, um, I was never enamored with the. Uh, I was never enamored with the plan they put together for him. Um, I I felt like they didn't do him any favors by um, never really honestly attempting to establish a run game. And and I think a young quarterback, uh, particularly NFL, that's the main thing they they need that run game to to help them. And I just never felt like the run game was a priority. Uh, Never felt like protecting Sam was a priority. And, And again, and and I think that, that concerns you about any, for me, where Drake goes too is that, you know, they have to, wherever he goes, especially with a young quarterback, and this was the case with Sam, they have to have pieces around them. And I just felt like, you know, up front, they, they really didn't do a good enough job of putting pieces around Sam to allow him to be successful. And I didn't also, again, I didn't feel like from a schematic standpoint I'd really like to see them attempt to to run the football a little bit more. I, I, you know, I felt like there were some games where they could have slowed the game down considerably by by pounding the football a little bit more.
1: Yeah, um, Scott, thank you yeah. so much for doing this. Really appreciate uh, the time and the information, uh, on Drake May.
3: Hi, this is this is an honor, Kevin. I told somebody today I have my I have my own radio show down here in Clayton. Um, I've been. I've been a guest analyst on the, the Charlotte's uh, NBC affiliate on their Sunday night stuff, but this is like the coolest thing I've ever done, being on <laughs> Kevin Sheehan's podcast.
1: Stop it. This
3: is like, this is like the coolest thing. Hey, all, 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 my bo- all my boys back in Southern Maryland are going to pro- probably hit me up when this shows when this up.
1: Well, that's very nice, but it was it was awesome to have you on, and I'm so glad we got connected because that was some really good stuff on Drake May. Let's talk maybe after the draft. Love to. Thank you. Drake Mays High School football coach Scott Chadwick, everybody, with some really good information. Uh, Up next, something Dan Quinn did on morning radio here in D.C. We'll get to that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. This segment of the show brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC, for a cash bonus on your initial deposit. MyBookie will take good care of you, but you've got to use my promo code, KevinDC. All the college basketball March betting opportunities will be available at MyBookie, men's and women's, Tournaments uh, come March Madness, mybookie.ag, promo code Kevin DC. So, uh, this morning, Dan Quinn, the head coach, was a guest on 1067 The Fan and the Team 980's Junkies show. And at the very end of the interview, and I'm going to play this for you, they did. An interesting thing, by getting Dan Quinn to play the word association game, you know, we're going to mention a name, tell us the first thing that pops into your mind. You'll hear that they didn't give him much of a chance to say, I don't want to play this game. Uh, And he just went ahead and gave the answers, including answers to the three quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Here's how it went.
0: Coach Quinn, first let me say, we really appreciate all the time you're giving us. Thank I wanted you. to see if you're willing to do a quick word association with us, okay? So just first things that pop into your head when I give it, and you don't have to go long
2: on them. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Explosive. Jonathan Allen. Dominic. Sam Howell. tough. Drake May.
0: Athletic. Caleb Williams. D.C. There you go. Jaden Daniels. Game
1: changer. Game changer as it relates to Jaden Daniels. Man, so many of you thought that there were so many clues there. Like saying D.C. was the nicest thing he could say about Caleb Williams so he doesn't like Caleb Williams. Athlete was somewhat complimentary but not overly effusive like he was with Jaden Daniels when he said, game changer. Uh, I love the way the junkies you know, posed it as, hey, would you mind? And then they didn't give him a chance to even answer. They started firing names, and they went with his own players to start with, which got him comfortable doing it, and then they hit him with the three draft picks. Now, some of you thought he shouldn't have answered anything as it related to Uh, the three draft picks, that he shouldn't be putting any kind of information out there about how they feel about the three quarterbacks. But I don't know. I think we caught him certainly in an honest moment. I would say this. You don't know anything right now um, because they don't know anything right now. They have gut feels, and I think you got some of the gut feel that your head coach, Dan Quinn, has about some of these players. But there's so much more work to be done. They're still in the process of doing these 15-minute meet-and-greets, and and then you've got the big-time pro days and several more conversations with the players and people close to these players. You know, the gut feel has to be backed up with the work and the substance behind it. Um, They are a month-plus away from knowing for sure who they're going to select at number two overall. There was one other thing that I wanted to play for you um, because actually the these two sound bites that I'm playing for you from Dan Quinn were better than anything he gave during his press conference yesterday in Indianapolis. Um, but you'll hear him talk about kind of the final voice on the roster, you know, draft, free agency, et cetera, and I thought that for a guy that's been pretty wordy in a lot of his responses, uh, this really cut to the chase. But if if you got <laughs> let's say you guys lock in at some point on drafting a quarterback, being a being the head coach, and then with Cliff's experience and with Adam, how much it like can you divide up like whose opinion matters the most? Does your opinion matter the most? Does Adam's opinion matter the most? Or does Cliff's opinion matter the most? I'm it's gonna be collaborative. That's an easy one, Adam. Adam? Is it? Okay. And, and that's based on what?
3: Putting people in the roles of things they kick ass
2: at. hmm Uh-huh. And so him just, like, evaluate. So you trust his, like, player eva- evaluation talent, like, more than anybody?
1: Correct. Putting people in the roles that they kick ass at. Uh, that was pretty to the point. Uh, you trust his ability to evaluate. Correct. Uh, It certainly sounds like the organization has some real structure and some real delineation in terms of job responsibility. Adam Peters has the final voice on the roster. I think that's a good thing. All right. That's it for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.